so uh, in today's episode, we are there's a lot to get to. We're gonna be without Colin today, so for the most part, we're gonna be talking about um the big Mike Trout contract. Um, we're going to be then we're gonna discuss um three possible options for the Knicks if they don't get Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant if they miss out on both of them. This is an article I saw, and we're gonna go over their three options, and then we're gonna be discussing Isaiah Thomas and whether or not we can trust the Celtics again, despite their loss last night. And um, quickly before we start that, though, I just want to say a few things. First of all, I want to say I'm sorry for not posting yesterday, but, you know, kind of making up for that um, with a lot today. Um, I'm going to be very busy this week, so... Yesterday, no post. I just really didn't have time, and I can't promise any episodes on any day, but I'm going to try every day. There wasn't a ton to talk about anyway, Um, but today, we're here, and that's all that matters, so uh, I just want to get to a quick report. Randall Cobb reportedly signed with the Dallas Cowboys to a one-year $5 million deal, and Cobb's a little injury-prone, but I was kind of hoping, you know, maybe the Patriots could have snagged him uh, for that kind of money. Or at least try to sniff around for him a little bit. They need to get someone. It's that simple. Just get, you need to get someone. The time's ticking. Guys are coming off the board. So uh, enough with that. And um, yeah. So now the first thing I want to talk about on the big slate today is the Mike Trout contract. Mike Trout just signed a 12-year, $430 million contract. That is almost a half billion dollars. And... And personally, um, I feel like he's pretty well deserving of those four hundred thirty million dollars. Personally, I thought he should have got a tad bit more, a uh, less, I think. But you know, what's the difference? Uh, it's he's well deserving. But for Mike Trout, <sighs> he has made it to one playoff. He did not bat very well. He had like one home run, batted less than a hundred. Like he was horrible uh, in his. Uh, one playoff appearance, never won a playoff game. If you want to be an all-time great and go down and say, I'm an all-time great, but I played for one of the most irrelevant franchises in sports um, and was playing in, despite being in Los Angeles, kind of a small market um, because they're just kind of overshadowed by LA and the, you know, the Dodgers and the Giants. And be able to say, well, I didn't even win a playoff game. Like, and no, no, that to me is just no. He's been great. But for Mike Trout, I feel like he's one of those humble guys that need to speak up more. He needs to – I don't want to be like Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, and like, yeah, acting like the king of the earth. And I'm glad Mike Trout's humble. He's a good guy. But he needs to speak up a little more. I feel like he's one of those guys where, like, if all of a sudden – the team was doing horrible and they couldn't build around Mike Trout and they kept making wrong decisions. Mike Trout would be like, eh, whatever, you know, just, just doing the job and I'm going to appreciate that. No, 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 no. You're the best player in baseball. Go say something. And personally to me, I feel like he's just, he went here for the money and the comfort rather than going out and winning. I'd say he should have played out his contract, left, went somewhere where he can win, play in a bigger market, Personally, he's playing in a small market and a relevant bad team, and he did this to stay with the team that signed him, be a humble, loyal man, and get the money, get the big payday. And 
you can't blame him for that, but I feel like he should have gone somewhere and tried to win, play in a bigger market, and still make relatively the same money. Maybe he waits two years and is able to get maybe a 10-year deal, but that's worth about $450 million or more because the market seems to go up and everything seems to get pricier every single year. I don't know. You know, maybe that's just me. But personally, Mike Trout here should have gone to a bigger market and tried to win. Whether that's the Yankees, the Phillies were a big one. The Red Sox, I'm not saying the Yankees and the Red Sox, but a big market like that. Um, you know what I'm talking about? The Mets, like a bigger market where you have a chance to win. The Phillies would be a great one. Bigger market and a chance to win that can also pay you at the same time. I mean, that would have been good. But instead, he wants to say with the irrelevant uh, Los Angeles Angels, whatever they are, because who who knows, and who really cares? If you're from L.A., I doubt you're an Angels fan. If you are, it's because of Shohei Otani, Albert Pujols, or Mike Trout. It's probably because of Trout, or you're on the Otani bandwagon and just follow him wherever he is, or you're a longtime Pujols fan, which I don't even know if you are, if there's any of those still around, whatever. The Angels are pretty irrelevant. And they're just an unsuccessful franchise. And to say Mike Trout will go down as the best center all, center fielder all time over uh, Willie Mays and will be a better version of Mickey Mantle without any playoff wins just kind of kind of gets me thinking a little. And I think you, know, you can't blame him at the same time. That's just kind of you know it's it's hard and it kind of puzzles me a little. Um, so that's my take on that Mike Con uh, Mike Trout contract and a little MLB for you. Um, quickly, as most of you know, highest paid athlete ever. Uh, and he's good. He's good. Um, but these baseball contracts, I'm telling you. This is why if I were to be a GM, it would be NBA. It's easiest. You I know like Mike Trout is worthy of that big deal for 12 years. Now what was he under contract till? He's 36. No, 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 not like he's like 36 to 39 because it's like 12 year extension, but like there's something I don't even know. It's very confusing, but in the NBA, these contracts are only up to really like five years. Really. They just seem shorter term, simpler. Like, I don't know if it's just because I understand the NBA. I'm sure if you're an MOB expert, you're like, no, it's the or whatever. But NBA just seems simplest to me. I don't know if that's just because I know the mo- most about it. You could argue NFL, but when it comes to the cap space, I know the most about the uh, NBA. I think it's just more simpler. I can put a much better price tag on an NBA player than NFL or any other sport. Um, but anyway, the next thing I wanted to get to was this three um, possible options. So this was an article I found, actually. This is not my idea. So credit to um, Fansided, uh, which is an, a website I just saw. And I always scroll through NBA News. So I just look up NBA and Google, click news, and I find some really good stuff. And that's where I found um, some of these articles. So this is New York Knicks. Three options. It's a Knicks mix. Miss out on Durant and Kyrie, and I'm not saying I agree with this, think it'll happen. I'll share my opinions on all three of these. So, yeah, here we go. So, this is, first of all, I just want to say I've had this article um, since uh, three days ago. So, Sunday. I found it on Sunday. Wanted to incorporate it in one of my podcasts. Sunday, we were full um, with what we were doing, I knew what I was doing. I had it planned out already, so I said I'll just put it in like my next episode. Didn't get to do one yesterday because I didn't have really enough time, so we're doing it today. And today, I considered even waiting another day because we had a lot to talk about. But I figured, you know what, I can squeeze it in there uh, without Colin as well. That 
uh, leaves a few extra minutes. I mean, I can make this podcast as long as I want, but trying to keep it 30 minutes for you guys, I we had a 57-minute episode, but if I'm trying to keep it relatively 30 minutes, not having Colin's take, I'd rather have Colin on the show, but uh, it always saves a few extra minutes. So the first option is that they sign Kemba Walker and Tobias Harris to max contracts. This one, to me, not a huge fan of because I'm not sure Kemba and Tobias are both max players, really. I think they're both not, you know, especially with Kemba Walker being 29. I mean, Tobias, both of them I just don't think are max players, especially because Kemba, I feel like his primes right now are just past us. So I feel like, you know, they're just both slightly under max players. Like, I think Kemba will be like a 25, 26, $27 million player. Tobias a little less than that. A little. And I think this will be pretty hard to do, uh, but it's definitely capable of happening. I don't think it would be a horrible deal. Should the Knicks just blow all their cap space, though? Anchor? Mobile app. Um, mobile app. Send in your thoughts. Should they, if they miss out on KD and Kyrie, what should they do? Or should they just save their cap space? Like, I don't know, because I doubt Kawhi would come, so should they just save it on someone better? Um, so this is the first option, personally. This one, not exactly, like, a huge, <sighs> huge fan of. Um, I don't really see it happening, either Walker and Harris, because I feel like Walker has to leave Charlotte, but he's a loyal guy, so it's like a 50-50 chance, and I'm not sure New York's the best option, but especially Tobias Harris, I feel like he's going back to Philly. Um, but then again, if they offer a max contract, maybe he's just like, oh, Philly offered me less, I'll go to New York, plus K- uh, Kemba, but I feel like this is a downgrade, obviously it is, from KD and Kyrie. And I feel like they're overpaying him slightly. But, I mean, this is the Knicks. And they have the money. So, I guess it's not a horrible option. Um, but I really am... I don't really have a favorite option here. But I don't think it'll be their best option. The next one is actually very interesting. Sign Clay Thompson to a max contract. And trade Anthony Davis and sign him to an extension. This one is very complicated. Uh, somewhat. Uh, mostly because of the Anthony Davis portion. I'd say Klay Thompson is pretty close to a max player. Um, again, him like I felt like Kemba's a notch down. I'd say Klay's pretty close to a max contract. I don't think every team agrees with that. But if you're the Knicks, I think it kind of depends on your team. But if you're the Knicks, you give him a max deal. Because you're in New York and you have the money. So you can sign Klay to a max deal. I'm not sure if he's a max player. He's very close. It's like, is he? kind of just depends. Trading for Anthony Davis is the complicated part. One, do you have the assets to do it? And two, can you convince him to an extension? Anthony Davis said he'd be interested in all teams in, like, the main list. I'm pretty sure the Knicks were on it. I mean, they're in New York. So I think you had Clay and Anthony Davis. That's pretty good. So if they could pull off a trade where they didn't – they gave up, like, I don't know, Kevin Knox, uh, maybe Dennis Smith. Like, I'd try to keep Mitchell Robinson if I were them. Like, Anthony Davis and Mitchell Robinson? I don't know. Um, I don't want to get into detail on the trade, but if they could get that to work, it would be pretty good. Obviously, I mean, I I think people would say, well, they're the Knicks. Right now they have, like, what, 14 wins. So, like, who cares? Their shopping cast would be horrible anyway. But I think there's still some solid young players that could help them. Uh, and just to think it's just Clay and Anthony Davis, I'd say that could probably make the playoffs. But 
I, I want to see them get a little more help as well. This wouldn't be a bad option, but it'd be a complicated option because if you don't pull off the trade for Anthony Davis, you're basically just have Clay Thompson and the, a supporting crew that got a total of 15 wins last year. And Clay Thompson, I'm just not sure, is that type of player that you build your team around. He's a 3 and D wing, really. Catch-and-shoot guy. He's not really someone that you build your team around at all. He's just a star that can be a great scoring option for a good team. So if you don't get Anthony Davis, it's kind of a lost cause. Now, if you do get Anthony Davis and he walks away, this is also kind of a lost cause because I don't think that's a title-contending team. I don't think basically the Knicks, without their top players right now, with Anthony Davis and Clay, like, I just don't see that happening. All right, so they, another one is tr the third option. Wow, this is actually going by way quicker. I thought this was going to be like a solid, uh, you know, good post. Make This is going by way quicker. Uh, trade for Bradley Beal and sign Nicole Vucevic and Julius Randle. Um, this one is very interesting as well. Uh, Julius Randle's having a great season, and Vucevic is prime is right now, I'd say. Um, personally, this gives him a very good front court, but is that what you're looking for in today's NBA? Trade for Bradley Beal, again, kind of like the Anthony Davis thing, they're basically giving up everyone around him. So would you rather have Clay and Anthony Davis with basically no other help, or Bradley Beal, Nicole Vucevic, and Julius Randle? This one gets me thinking. Because if they sign Anthony Davis to an extension, then I'd rather have Clay and Anthony Davis every single day. But if they can't agree to Anthony Davis, which one I feel Bradley Beal might be a little less on the market, and Nicole Vucevic and Julius Randle are going to want some solid paydays, though. Um, so I think this wouldn't be a horrible option, actually. It gives you a big three-ish. I, I don't know if Nicole Vucevic can really be a third part of a big three, or Julius Randle. Uh, but I don't know. Three interesting options here. And I don't really have a strong opinion. So I want to know what you guys think. I just want to inform you of this post and these ideas. And, you, know, you guys can react yourselves and hear this. And I don't want to talk too much. This is by Fanside by Kyle Morello. Um, and he made this post. So you can go check that out. Read some of the caption, the details into it. Uh, and really look that over yourself. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, they're interesting, for sure. And, uh, again, I wanted that, that didn't finally got it to um, go. And, personally, some interesting opinions on there, for sure. Um, but I don't really have a strong opinion. If they could sign Anthony Davis to an extension, then I'm taking Clay and Anthony Davis. That's the, their best option. That will be the best option. And then... <sighs> Between option one and three, it's pretty close for me. I'm not sure. Uh, then again, they do get to keep the core around them with Kemba and Tobias. So I, that's close. Because the option one, the upside there is, sure, they're kind of overpaying some guys a little, I think. But they get to keep the, the guys on the team right now. Which you're probably saying isn't great, but it's something like Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson, DSJ. Like, I, I think that's... The, you know what? Yeah, that's all right, Damien Dawson. You know, the Knicks, the guys on the yeah, the roster. You know, I think <sighs> kind of.
a look at those options and yeah, you know, what do you guys think? Again, Anchor Mobile app, send those uh opinions in. So now we are going to be talking about probably the biggest topic of the day. Last uh the, it's not necessarily just last night's game, but mostly kind of because we're going to be talking about Isaiah Thomas. He got a tribute video returned to the TD Garden and we are also going to be talking about whether or not we can trust the Celtics again because they're starting to play like a team despite last night's loss. So yeah, let's get into that. Okay, so first off, I'm going to start with Isaiah Thomas. So if you don't know me, Isaiah Thomas my favorite player in the NBA. I'm a Celtics fan and the reason is because I always like sports, especially hockey. I used to be like a diehard Bruins fan when I was like first to third grade. But when I really started getting into basketball and really started getting into sports in general, Isaiah Thomas was like the star player on Celtics. And it was kind of like, you know, midway through his second to last year here where I really started to get into the Celtics. So it hasn't been a long time. I've only really been a true Celtics fan. Like, not like I've always like, yay, Celtics when I was little, but like really started to like get into the Celtics a lot. Like the past three and a half, four years, but I've done like so much studying on the history of NBA and NFL, all these sports that I've really became very knowledgeable in the subject. But Isaiah Thomas, I remember the day I was at my aunt's house and I wasn't really big into, um, I was starting to get into sports a little by now. I, I, I take that back three and a half, four years. It was a little more than that. Um, but I, I wasn't like, I didn't know a lot about it. I knew a little bit, but I was still getting into sports a little and still watch Sports Center every once in a while and all these different things back in the day. More now, but every once in a while back then, because I was starting to get into sports a little and I was watching it. Remember, I was in her basement. It was weird because she had like a TV down there. She was just down there. And it said the Celtics trade for Isaiah Thomas. We didn't really give up a lot. I was like, oh, I don't really know who this is, but yeah, cool. And he ended up being a stud. And I love him because his, you know, he's just the short guy who's really good in college. And then, you know, 60th overall has been doubted his whole career. And now injuries, like, it's just been an uphill battle. And, you know, he deserves better. And he calls, you know, Boston home. I felt like last night, though, I lost a little, like, respect for him. And was just like, that's my favorite player a little because he just kind of took it like he was the star again. Like, you played seven minutes, shot over two. He really didn't play that good. Um, but he needed that, I think, for Isaiah. Is he, these, ever since he got traded, things have just been bad for him. You know, in Cleveland, you know, in Los Angeles and Denver, like, he was, you know, an all-star type player, healthy-ish, um, expecting a big payday, expecting go down as a Celtic. All of a sudden, he gets hurt. Uh, then he gets traded. All of a sudden, now it's not his team. His numbers start to go down. He gets goes to L.A. and is coming off the bench for one of the worst teams in the league, clearly still suffering from his injury. Now he's just all over the place. And, you know, he, he, still, he wants to come back to Boston. He calls it home. But then he starts talking about, like, oh, if they kept me, we'd have a banner. And I was just like, no, probably not. Uh, listen, I don't regret the Isaiah Thomas trade because 
clearly, I think if he came back, he'd still be an all-star caliber-ish player. I don't think he would have made an all-star game, but he still would have been a fringe all-star. His numbers would clearly dip due to his injury, but he'd still be solid in Boston just because he's a great fit. And it's Boston. It just seems like a lot of players do better here than other places. And still, I feel like when he was in Cleveland, his numbers were still okay. And he was not a good fit at all. So, you know, I feel like in Boston, he still would have been all-star-ish, you know, fringe all-star type talent. His injuries still affect him, but he'd still be a solid player and still get a solid payday. But he left, and he's just been a mess. He said he needed that. Like, that was nice for him to get the spotlight tribute video. Really feel important and liked by the NBA community, which I feel like he hasn't felt since his days in Boston. Which was, what, you know, over a year ago for him. So, you know, he's kind of used to like, oh, but he hasn't had that in a while. I think he needed that. So, and for this guy, still my favorite player, and I still love his story. But I feel like last night he just soaked it in too much and got a little, I don't know, a little too, he took the spotlight a little too much. Just a little. And personally, now going to last night's game, Celtics fans are just kind of sitting here saying, ah, we lost to, what, lost to what, the second best team in the West. So what? We, we put up a good fight. We, you know, we were still like, oh, it's just Isaiah Thomas night, whatever, good team. No, no, I, no, I don't, I don't take it like that. At least to an extent, because you gave that lead away. You let up 34 points in the last quarter. It was a tie game, and you just let them have that game at the end. It really didn't feel like that. And I get it. You know, I'm not going to rip on them too much for this loss. I'm not, because I do kind of feel where they're coming from a little. Um, You know, I do think, yeah, you were facing a good team. But I saw, you know, some things where it just seemed a little too much on Isaiah Thomas. Like, we still have a game to play here. Uh, You know, like, you can tell, like, Jason Tatum really, like, eight points, seven rebounds, six assists. I want more points there. Like, Marcus Morris, 13 points, five rebounds, one assist. And he's been tearing it up these past few games with more points, way more rebounds. Al Horford had a good game. Kyrie had a solid night. Marcus Smart. Like, no one really played a great game yesterday on the Celtics. I feel like, you know, it's just because – you got, like, just a few good contributors. Like, Jalen Brown had an underwhelming night last night. Jason Tatum, I mean, he solid assists and rebounding. He seemed like a little more passive mode last night, but only eight. No, the thing about Jason Tatum, now that I think about it, I forget watching that game, he just took a ton of good looks and kept missing. My bad, because I forgot. Now that I was thinking, like, oh, um, he – Kept getting good looks. The shots just wouldn't fall. But I feel like you're losing a ton of 50-50 balls. You only shot uh, 42% from the field. Uh, and the Nuggets shot 49%. You shot 31% from three. They shot 36%. You shot 79 They shot 80% from the free throw line. But they just outshot you in this game. Um, the big things for me was they... Well, the big things for me was they outshot you and outplayed you in the paint. They rebounded you 51-37, to 37 and they had eight more points in the paint than you, which was isn't huge. But the rebound, the, the way that they outshot you and outrebounded you, I think were the two bigger things last night. Statistically, when you look at it, those are the two things that jumped. They assisted you by five. You forced way more turnovers than steals last night, but I felt like you were just kind of losing some of those 50-50 balls. You were worst team in the paint. 
just a little less aggressive than them. You know, they got those 50-50 balls. They got the rebounds. Uh, and they shot better. I mean, sure, you have more steals. So, again, it could kind of go either way. Um, but the Celtics, they need to start taking to the paint a little more and being a little more aggressive, I think. Um, but, again... I'm not going to rip on them too much, but they're not getting ripped on an awful lot for last night. They kind of gave that lead away, and people are just saying, yeah, you know, we've been playing good, and it was Isaiah Thomas night. Eh. They still had a game to play. We showed up not to – we showed up to play a game, not to, you know, cheer on Isaiah Thomas. Oh, oh, do you want the ball, Isaiah? Here. Like, no, 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 that's not what we came to do. We came to win the game. We can, you know, give Isaiah his moment – but then the moment's over. You know, we can still kind of cheer for him a little, but we're playing the game, okay? That's that's essentially what it is. And I felt like last night the, there was excuses from Celtics fans. And as I said it, the Celtics fans here are way too optimistic. Um, there are just way too many excuses. The Nuggets are second in the West. Uh, uh, the Nuggets are second in the West. It was Isaiah Thomas night. Eh, who cares? No, 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 no. That's not what it is for me. Not at all. I thought last night, you win. <sighs> That's good. But overall, though, there is some good to take away from last night's game. And one of them is that they lost and stuck together as a group. Which, through so far in this winning streak, they only lost to the Clippers. And a lot of people were just like, we just need to get out of LA. Let's go. That was just kind of scheduled. Now we'll get out of here. This is the first, like... According to the team, first loss. But again, they'll probably bring up the excuse. Well, you know, it was Isaiah Thomas night. Like, no, I, I uh, this just bugs me a little. And also now, you are now two and a half games behind the 76ers, and you're playing them tomorrow night. You're also a game behind the Pacers. You need to at least grab that four seed. Now, for the Celtics, if you want the three seed, if you want to face the Raptors, you need the three seed. But if you want to face the Bucks, if you actually prefer playing the Bucks, then I guess if you might want the four seed then, I guess. And just try to get home court against the Pacers. Because the Pacers still scare me a little. A little. They're four and six in their last ten and have lost the last two. But I've seen them play some solid basketball without Oladipo. They're not as good. If they had Oladipo, I would not want to face them. I'd rather face the Sixers and maybe even the Raptors. Maybe. I'd rather face the Raptors over the Bucks. Um, as a Celtics fan, you struggle more against the Bucks, and I feel like you do better against the Raptors. None of both of those teams haven't proved much in the playoffs, but they're different teams this year. Both of them, I do truly believe that. Now, the Pacers don't exactly scare me, but they're still a little bit of a threat to do something in the first round against you, especially with home court advantage, because I've seen this team have guys step up and actually play okay without Oladipo, and do enough to maybe give you a 5-6 game series at best. But I still don't think you're going to lose to them, or should. If you lose to the Pacers without Oladipo, even if you're the 5 seed, I don't care. That would be a huge disappointment. Um, I kind of look at the standings, like, wow, the Nets have dropped the last three, and are the seventh seed, and I thought they were locked for the first seed, and they might not even make the playoffs, which would kind of irritate me a little just because I feel like I've even liked the Nets this year, and I'm from Boston. Um, again, though, last night, too many excuses. Um, so, yeah, now this brings up the question, can we trust the Celtics? I think we can trust them more than we did um, – before the Warriors game, what, what was that game that they had before? Let me let me just check. Uh, 
uh, Celtic schedule. So this will be quick. Uh, I think we can trust them more uh, than we did after that Rockets game, but I still can't fully trust them. I do think this seems dangerous in the playoffs. I do think they're coming together as a team, but I feel like this Sixers game is huge. I feel like all of a sudden the Sixers team that you've done good against these guys know it's a big game. All of a sudden you get down to the Celtics. All of a sudden some guy's chirping at another guy and we're back to square one. Like I, I still need to see some consistency down the stretch. I also want to point out I want to bet with my uh, bro- uh, Colin. I want to uh, bet with my co-host Colin. Um, and it was like after the Hawks game or something, he said the Celtics would go 6-0. and And they just lost last night. So they're 0-1. Uh, so I'm going to go get that quarter after. Uh, but tomorrow against the Sixers, I feel like all of a sudden could be like, oh. I think they are coming back together as a team, but I need more of a sample size to really fully trust them. I trust them more than I did, but I don't fully trust them. Yet I need to still see some more consistency. It's been what um, seven games? You went five and two, and there's still been some flaws and some things to point out. Um, yeah, and a lot of people lately have been saying Jalen Brown should be a starter, and I kind of do agree, although a little inconsistent. I feel like though there's something where the coach. Brad Stevens, who, by the way, I feel like has just been kind of arms crossed. I'm smarter than everyone. Now, step up and actually say something just a little bit. You know, I feel think the coaches have should have someone of a say. I know it's a player's league, but come on, step up a little. But Jalen Brown, I feel like he should be in the lineup. But Brad Stevens is sitting here saying, well, I know all the players are going to hate that move. Because I feel like he's just not liked. Kyrie's always pointing out the young guys. Jalen Brown's one of those young guys. But I feel like, you know, Marcus Morris shoved him. Kyrie's called him out. Marcus Smart's clapping in the corner for the ball, screams at Jalen Brown. I feel like if there's always an argument, guess who's at the center? Jalen Brown. Whether it's directed at him or he's the one causing it, I feel like there's just something there. And that's why, you know, it wouldn't go down well with the guys. And then we could be back at square one where the team's separated again. Unless they all team up to go after um, – go after, um, what's his name, Jalen Brown. I also want to point out right now it's halftime for the Sixers-Hornets game, 62-59. I so hope the Sixers lose, and then you can beat them tomorrow night and bring things very close in the um, standings. You bring in a half game in, I think, uh, which would be fantastic. And if you could beat out the bases, like that three seed to me would be great. Three seed, we face the Pistons or probably the Nets. We should be able to handle them. Uh, we should be able to, but I don't know. Maybe the Pistons or Nets upset us. I hope not, but I feel like they can give us a little bit of a series and be like, ooh, who knows, maybe, and then people start playing hypothetical. Um, but really, I mean, there's a lot to talk about today, and we got it done in a little over 30 minutes. So, uh, yeah, no column today. As I said, a very busy week, so I can't promise anything. Anything you want me to do, any thoughts on what I talked about today, again, the Anchor Mobile app, and uh, – Yeah, thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you next time.